and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and we are in October, three months to go until Christmas. It is uh, good to see you all again or hear you all again, I guess, or no, I guess <laughs> it's good to be heard by you. And uh, thank you for tuning in. So what's making you cozy these days? As we head into fall, the temperatures hopefully are dropping, unless you're on the other side of the world, in which case they're rising, uh, depending depending on where you live, I suppose. Uh, but here, hopefully, the temperatures will start dropping soon, and it'll start feeling a lot like Christmas. But I picked up a wonderful book recently called uh, Mrs. Claus and the Santa Land Slayings. And in spite of the title, it's it's a cozy mystery set at uh, the North Pole, and Mrs. Claus is the protagonist of the story. It's a, a new series by Liz Ireland, and I'm going to have her on an upcoming episode to talk about her book. But until then, you can check out our YouTube channel, and I have a video book review of the book, and you can find links in the show notes where you can uh, purchase the book. And the good folks at uh, Kensington Press sent that to me to uh, give a review of it. And I so I do just that. These are going to be honest reviews. They're not paying me to say these things. It's just my opinion. Uh, you can check that out on the YouTube page. The link will be in the show notes for you. Well, I received some listener emails I want to share with you. One is from Timothy Ploof. I'm sorry, I going to butcher that last name. <laughs> Timothy, thank you for writing in. He says, greetings from a small but cozy farm in Canada. And uh, he's been listening to the podcast. He he works in a coal mine running a dozer and he loves turning on our podcast and looks forward to the Christmas season. And he's already listening to Christmas music. He said, if you want to try a tasty treat, Try making shortbread cookies with lemon icing on top. It goes great with cocoa. Uh, now, I'm not a big fan of lemon-flavored food, but I'd be willing to try that. That sounds good. I like shortbread cookies. Uh, they go well, for me, they go well with coffee. Anyway, he also sends in a favorite Christmas memory. He said this happened before he and his wife were married. He says, I was living up north about 13 hours from home. My wife was going to travel up to spend Christmas with me, but we had a blizzard coming through the prairies, so her and my sister decided to not travel. Instead, my friend was traveling back with his brother. So I packed my things, undressed the tree, and hitched a ride home. I felt a little like Santa, to be honest. And a favorite tradition we have is that we watch the Christmas parade and have hot chocolate and hot dogs while standing around a few bonfires the town supplies. When the last merry float has passed, we wander through shops and down the streets with the sound of Christmas carols are played over speakers in the town square. Sadly, the last couple years it hasn't happened due to COVID, but here's hoping this year. And uh, Timothy, I really hope that you get to have that again this year. That sounds so fun. A town near to us, it's a bigger town, and they have this huge celebration to kick off the Christmas season, usually around or a little before Thanksgiving. The reason why it's a little bit earlier is because they want uh, to support the local shops that they have and to encourage 
people to buy Christmas gifts early. So the shops get together and host this basically town Christmas party. And I think it's a blast because they bring Santa in on a, on a helicopter. Uh, they have a stage set up. There's usually people singing. Uh, they're giving out, I think they do hot dogs as well. And uh, hot cocoa, apple cider, stuff like that. And then they bring in Santa on a helicopter. It's the uh, the local hospital's uh, life flight chopper is usually volunteers their time to to bring Santa in. So Santa comes, gets up on the stage, and with you know with the magic of Christmas, they do a countdown, and then all the town's Christmas lights come on, and it's so fun to watch that. And then Santa will get on a fire truck and get taken down to the park where he has a cabin set up. And kids can come and meet Santa, and he's there a couple weekends out of November and December. Uh, so it's, it's really a, a neat production that uh, the, the city of Atlantic uh, puts on for uh, for Christmas time. And they're about uh, 20 minutes from where we live, so we usually go over there and, and catch it if we can. One year, unfortunately, Santa wasn't able to come by helicopter because uh, the, the hospital needed the helicopter for an emergency so he came in by, um, I think it was fire truck that time. So our, our first responders out there are, are doing some great work. Uh, along with that, they're helping us keep the Christmas spirit alive. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's really neat that they're able to do that. Does your town have a fun and unique way of kicking off the Christmas season? Walnut does, and I'll be talking more about that as the time gets closer. Uh, I'll have some special things planned around that time. So be on the lookout around Thanksgiving time. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you about wh- how your town celebrates Christmas. Let me know at CozyChristmasPodcast at gmail.com, and I'll feature your story on an upcoming episode. Well, I'm excited to be back in my recording studio, a.k.a. the pillow fort in the attic. Uh, but it's good to be doing a, a regular show again. Last month, I, you know, I just had the two interviews, which was very helpful to me as uh, things were getting pretty busy. And plus, I was starting a new podcast and I wanted to spend some time focusing on that to get some groundwork done on the new podcast I have. In case you haven't listened yet, it's the, the Bookshelf Odyssey podcast. And I'll be doing uh, what I do here over there. I'll be reading stories, talking to authors and uh, other creative people. Uh, And it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. So I'd love for you to check that out as well. And then next, I want to say a special hello to my listeners in Portugal. Uh, It looks like according to my podcast stats, uh, there's been some increased listening over there in Portugal. Hello to you all and Merry Christmas. And uh, much like I, I did with Ireland, if you are, if you live in Portugal or have lived there and know about some of the, their Christmas traditions. I would love to hear from you. Uh, I did a little bit of research and found a website called Portugalist.com and they had a page about Christmas in Portugal. This was a fascinating page. It talked it talks about how the Portuguese love how they love the nativity scenes. Uh, they, you see them often around the city at Christmas time. Then there's some food traditions as well. And this says that so, uh, the city of Braga has a very unique Christmas tradition every year. On December 24th, people from all over the city come together to eat bananas and drink muscatel at Casa 
Dos Bananas on Rua do Suto, and I apologize if I very likely mispronounced that. According to the website, and, and this is, I'm just quoting the website, the Portugalist, and uh, they said that it started when the owner of the banana shop decided to make a little extra money and set up a stall outside a shop selling glasses of Muscatel. One customer, after ordering a glass, asked him if he had anything to eat and the owner gave him a banana. The shop owner's son really liked the story and the next year he brought his friends to the shop to eat bananas and drink muscatel. For whatever reason, word spread around Braga that this was the thing to do and it wasn't long before it became a Christmas tradition. Anyway, there's more information there. There's a, a Christmas umbrella street, talks about Christmas markets, they talk about what they do on December 24th and also a bunch of traditional Portuguese Christmas foods. So I would really love to hear from you if you have any Portuguese connection, if you've lived there, what are some of your special traditions? I'll have a link to the Portugalist website. It's a really neat website if you're interested in all things Portugal. Those quotes I read are from that page and you can go and check it out. I've never been to Portugal. I've actually never been outside the United States. So I would love to hear from you what Christmas is like from where you're from. If you're from Portugal, from wherever, if you have traditions, especially those unique to your country, I'd love to hear about it. And uh, we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. Well, I'm excited to be bringing you another Christmas story today. Today is an essay called Old Thoughts for Christmas, and it's by Christopher Morley. Christopher Morley lived from 1890 to 1957, and he was an American journalist, novelist, an essayist, and a poet. And I know, I most know him from his books Parnassus on Wheels and The Haunted Bookshop. Uh, both stories are focused on the same characters, I believe. Uh, yeah, both stories are focused on the same characters, and uh, it, they're kind of the, a love letter to books and to uh, bookstores. So those are pretty fun if you want to check them out. But here he writes uh, an essay about having new thoughts for Christmas. We'll see what he has to say about that. Old Thoughts for Christmas by Christopher Morley. A new thought for Christmas? Whoever wanted a new thought for Christmas? That man should be shot who would try to brain one. It is an impertinence even to write about Christmas. Christmas is a matter that humanity has taken so deeply to heart that we will not have our festival meddled with by bungling hands. No efficiency expert would dare tell us that Christmas is inefficient, that the clockwork toys will soon be broken, that no one can eat a peppermint cane a yard long, that the curves on our chart of kindness should be ironed out so that the peak load of December would be evenly distributed through the year. No sour face dared tell us that we drive postmen and shop girls into Bolshevism by overtaxing them with our frenzied purchasing, or that it is absurd to send to a friend in a steam-heated apartment in a prohibition republic a bright little picture card of a gentleman in Georgian costume drinking ale by a roaring fire of logs. None in his senses, I say, would emit such sophistries, for Christmas is a law unto itself, 
and is not conducted by card index. Even the postmen and shop girls, severe though their labors, would not have matters altered. There is none of us who does not enjoy hardship and bustle that contribute to the happiness of others. There is an efficiency of the heart that transcends and contradicts that of the head. Things of the spirit differ from things material in that the more you give, the more you have. The comedian has an immensely better time than the audience. To modernize the adage, to give is more fun than to receive. Especially if you have wit enough to give to those who don't expect it. Surprise is the most primitive joy of humanity. Surprise is the first reason for a baby's laughter. And at Christmas time, when we are all a little childish, I hope, surprise is the flavor of our keenest joys. We all remember the thrill with which we once heard, behind some closed door, the rustle and crackle of paper parcels being tied up. We knew that we were going to be surprised, a delicious refinement and luxuriant seasoning of the emotion. Christmas, then, conforms to this deeper efficiency of the heart. We are not methodical in kindness. We do not fill orders for consignments of affection. We let our kindness ramble and explore. Old forgotten friendships pop up in our minds, and we mail a card to Harry Hunt of Minneapolis, from whom we have not heard for half a dozen years, just to surprise him. A businessman who shipped a carload of goods to a customer, just to surprise him, would soon perish of abuse. But no one ever refuses a shipment of kindness, because no one ever feels overstocked with it. It is coin of the realm, current everywhere. And we do not try to measure our kindnesses to the capacity of our friends. Friendship is not measurable in calories. How many times this year have you turned your stock of kindness? It is the gradual approach to the great surprise that lends full savor to the experience. It has been thought by some that Christmas would gain in excitement if no one knew when it was to be, if, keeping the festival within the winter months, some public functionary, say Mr. Burleson, were to announce some unexpected morning, a week from today will be Christmas. Then what a scurrying and joyful frenzy, what a festooning of shops and mad purchasing of presents but it would not be half the fun of the slow approach of the familiar date. All through November and December, we watch it drawing nearer. We see the shop windows begin to glow with red and green and lively colors. We note the altered demeanor of bellboys and janitors as the date flows quietly toward us. We pass through the haggard perplexity of only four days more when we suddenly realize it is too late to make our shopping the display of lucid affectionate reasoning we had contemplated and clutch wildly at grotesque tokens and then, sweetest of all, comes the quiet calmness of Christmas Eve. Then, while we decorate the tree or carry parcels of tissue paper and red ribbon to a carefully prepared list of aunts and godmothers, or reckon up a little pile of bright quarters on the dining room table in preparation for tomorrow's largesse, then it is that the brief, poignant, and precious sweetness of the experience claims us at the full. Then we can see that all our careful wisdom and shrewdness were folly and stupidity, and we can understand the meaning of that great surprise, that where we planned wealth, we found ourselves poor. 
that where we thought to be impoverished, we were enriched. The world is built upon a lovely plan if we take time to study the blueprints of the heart. Humanity must be forgiven much for having invented Christmas. What does it matter that a great poet and philosopher urges the abandonment of the masculine pronoun in allusions to the first or fundamental energy? Theology is not settled upon pronouns. The best doctrine is but three words. God is love. Love or kindness is fundamental energy enough to satisfy any brooder. And Christmas Day means the birth of a child. That is to say, the triumph of life and hope over suffering. Just for a few hours on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, the stupid, harsh mechanism of the world runs down and we permit ourselves to live according to untrammeled common sense, the unconquerable efficiency of goodwill. We grant ourselves the complete and selfish pleasure of loving others better than ourselves. How odd it seems. How unnaturally happy we are. We feel there must be some mistake, and rather yearn for the familiar frictions and distresses. Just for a few hours, we purge out of every heart the lurking grudge. We know then that hatred is a form of illness, that suspicion and pride are only fear, that the rascally acts of others are, perhaps, in the queer webwork of human relations, due to some callousness of our own. Who knows? Some man may have robbed a bank in Nashville or fired a gun in Louvain because we looked so intolerably smug in Philadelphia. So at Christmas, we tap that vast reservoir of wisdom and strength. Call it efficiency or the fundamental energy, if you will. Kindness. And our kindness, thank heaven, is not the placid kindness of angels. It is veined with human blood. It is full of absurdities, irritations, frustrations. A man 100% kind would be intolerable. As a wise teacher said, the milk of human kindness easily curdles into cheese. We like our friends' affections because we know the tincture of mortal acid is in them. We remember the satirist who remarked that to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. We know this lifelong romance will resume its sway. We shall lose our tempers, be obstinate, peevish, and crank. We shall fidget and fume while waiting our turn in the barber's chair. We shall argue and muddle and mope, and yet, for a few hours, what a happy vision that was. And we turn on Christmas Eve to pages which those who speak our tongue immortally associate with the season, the pages of Charles Dickens. Love of humanity endures as long as the thing it loves. And those pages are packed as full of it as a pound cake is full of fruit. A pound cake will keep moist three years. A sponge cake is dry in three days. And now humanity has its most beautiful and most appropriate Christmas gift. Peace. The Magi of Versailles and Washington, having unwound for us the tissue paper and red ribbon or red tape from this greatest of all gifts, let us, in days to come, measure up to what has been born through such anguish and horror. If war is illness and peace is health, let us remember also that health is not merely a blessing to be received intact once and for all. It is not a substance, but a condition, to be maintained only by sound regime, self-discipline, and simplicity. Let the wise men not be too wise, 
Let them remember those other wise men who, after their long journey and their sage surmisings, found only a child. On this evening, it serves us nothing to pile up filing cases and roll-top desks toward the stars, for in our city square, the star itself has fallen, and it shines upon the tree. And that was Old Thoughts for Christmas by Christopher Morley. He wrote this shortly after peace was called in uh, during World War One, And you get some hint of that later on in, in the passage. I like what he's trying to say here. Um, I think he's saying several things, but the ones that really jumped out to me are one of the reasons we find joy at Christmas time is because of the surprise. I love that, that surprise is the first reason for a baby's laughter. But then he talks about kindness and the importance of kindness. And uh, you know I'm a big proponent of that, that uh, we need today more than ever before, we need to show kindness and respect for others, no matter how different they are from us. He talks about how Christmas is wonderful because we have that momentary reprieve from the world. And I love that what he says about uh, the pages of Charles Dickens, that love of humanity endures as long as the thing it loves, for as long as the thing it loves. And those pages of Charles Dickens are packed as full of it as a pound cake is full of fruit. In his pages of his stories, you will find kindness at work. And uh, I love that he, he directs us to that. He talks also about how the world was given a beautiful gift and most appropriate at Christmas time, peace. Yeah, then he mentions the Treaty of Versailles, which is what brought World War I to a conclusion in June of 1919. And that was truly a horrific war, unlike the world had ever seen up to that point. And I, I think many of them thought that the world was going to come to an end. I had a great-grandfather who served during that time, but he was not in the military. He served as a chaplain. He served as a volunteer for the Red Cross. And he did what he could to help, but he refrained from fighting. And I, I love that about him. In fact, I'm named after him. And it, to me, it's an honor to carry his name. He did a lot in his life to show kindness and to bring peace to people's life. He started an orphanage. He started a, a senior home to take care of the elderly. He, he did a lot of kind things in his life. Um, our world needs kindness. Let's be sure to show that to those around us who may be in need, who may be hurting, who may have experienced the horror of these last two years. This Christmas time, let's remember our family as we come together and to show kindness to each other. You know, maybe as the story kind of reflects, we have all year to argue. Let's take some time to step away from that. A good essay, it's one that's really worth thinking about. There's some good stuff in that. So uh, it was, I was glad to read that to you today. That will bring this episode to a close. Uh, but now that we're in October, stay tuned because I will be bringing you weekly episodes between now and Christmas. And uh, perhaps in December, we will be doing more than one a week 
Uh, we'll see what I have time for. You could do me a great favor by leaving a, a comment or a review, rate and review the podcast. Uh, that helps us out so much and it's a free way. I also have some ways you can help support the show financially and you can check those out in the show notes. Uh, I'm really thankful for uh, Charles, one of our listeners. He just recently bought a Cozy Christmas Podcast bookmark on Kofi.com, and so I was able to get that out to him. If you uh, leave a donation there, I'll send you out a bookmark uh, for your very own, and you can use it to uh, keep track of all the wonderful Christmas stories that you will be reading, no doubt, this coming uh, holiday season. You can also check out our Etsy store. I have uh, all, all the links are in the show notes there. So you can uh, take a look there. All right. Um, So until next week, remember to be kind to each other and do good. And that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious than laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.